Good morning, City Life and uh, City Lifers, visitors, friends. Welcome to church. Thank you for being here. We're grateful that you are here on this beautiful day um, where we get to worship Jesus. We have a lot to do today, but before I forget, my name is Pedro Reese, and I'm the lead pastor here. And if you have been here for a while, or if this is your first week, first welcome. We're grateful that you're here. And below, uh, we said this in the announcements, there's an I'm new button. Click that button because we want to get to know you. We want to reach out to you. If you let us know that you're here, I'll, I'll reach out myself this week and we'll set up a time where we can talk or get to know more about the church or hear one another's stories. We'll go get a cup of coffee or a meal at some point. Um, that's what we feel called to do, to, to journey towards Jesus together. And so we're grateful that you're here. You've also picked a really interesting day to come because today we start a new sermon series on sexuality. It's like, oh, like already in saying that, I know that tensions were somewhere here and now they could be up here for many of us. In fact, like everyone that I've talked to inside the church and outside of the church, uh, when they ask, oh, what are you guys covering? And I'm like, oh, we're going to actually start sexuality pretty soon. Like everyone went cringed in some way, like, oof, like, oof, be careful. Everyone had like a level of stress and anxiety and like fear and trepidation. And like that makes me all the more excited that like we have to be talking about this. If this was everyone's reaction, oof, then like we need the gospel to come and talk to us about this part of what makes us truly human. And so over the course of this sermon series, like I, I like really pray that like, we deconstruct sexuality and build it back up like in the biblical worldview that is like vibrant and healthy and anchored in biblical truth. It's like this vibrant part of all of our identities and beings like to come under the word and like experience freedom. Uh, those, those are my goals. That's like what I pray more than anything else. And so to do this, like, I don't want to just jump into the sermon series. I kind of, like, these aren't ground rules, but these are pillars. Like, this is what this sermon series has been designed to do. This is, like, what we feel Scripture tells us about sexuality. Like, if the outcome of this series are these four things, many more things than four, but, like, fundamentally these four things, then, man, like, man, like, praise God. Then, like, it has served this purpose. The first one being that spirituality and sexuality are the deepest of human ambition. That God has put in every single one of us this like need to know and be known. Like one of the most human things, I would say the most fundamentally human thing is that we all desire to know and be known by God and by others. Like God has baked that into who we are as relational beings. That's the whole point of what we're going to talk about today. Lay the groundwork on this. Like we are spiritual and sexual beings. And like what does that really mean? How is like all of our quest to know and be known by God, like our creator, and also by one another, by other people, by others? And what does spirituality and sexuality like really tell us about connection? And how we've been made, which like we're going to say today is at the heart of sexuality. And so the first pillar is that like sexuality and spirituality are deep human ambitions, like baked into every single person, no matter how introverted you may be, like that connection is what we were made for, connection with the Lord and connection with others. 
the second great pillar of the sermon series is that like, I really pray that this is a disciple-making series. Right? All of our sermon series are for that and designed by that, but like, I want to be really upfront about this. Like, there is so much in this topic that is believed and carried out and lived out that like, uh, we need the gospel, we need God's story, his narrative to build us up. Like, for us to be discipled into the biblical worldview is the heart of this sermon series. Like, what, like, God made all this, so what does he say about this? And how is this not just, like, a prohibition after one another, but, like, supposed to be vibrant and beautiful and open us up to know him and to know one another's with, like, all integrity and all love and mercy and service? Like, wow, like, let's be discipled by God's word on this topic, every topic, but especially this one. Like, I, I really believe that sexuality is the, like, if you... Put all of these topics on a bookshelf, a church bookshelf. Sexuality by far is like one of the dustiest because like we have been told not to go here. Don't talk about it. It's dirty. It's ugly. It's complicated. It's complex. And it can be all of those things, but it's also God made and beautiful. And like sexual wholeness is to be attained. Like beautiful. And so I really pray that we are formed as disciples. I like to really understand what being image bearers of God really looks like in this area. Uh, the third pillar is that like we just have to say something. And I'm not saying like we say anything. Like we have to say something about this topic because it is like one of the most neglected in all of like w- what we believe. And, and Deborah Hirsch, who I'm going to mention a lot in this sermon series, who is quickly like rivaling John Stott as one of my favorite writers. She's like quickly becoming one of my best friends. She writes this, If sexuality lies close to our spirituality, as I suggest it does, then it's vital we find a way to bring a living, holy sexuality back into the context of the church. How can any of us be real, authentic people if we have to leave our sexuality at the door? And how can we speak to a sexually confused world if we have nothing to say? Like, I think that we are so afraid of saying anything, of asking questions, and for good reasons, a lot of the times, though, it's sad. Um, we don't ever talk about this, and because we're also afraid to be rejected for what is, like, traditionally Christian, which we're going to talk about in the sermon series. But, like, if we don't ever say anything, then we will find that we, like, are left with all of our questions and all of our doubts and confused and scared. And so, like, we need to say something also for the sake of our city who, like, needs to hear truth. We need to hear truth, be discipled into it. And so this is, like, City Life's first venture into saying something meaningful about sexuality. We've addressed it here and there in the past. But, like, let's have, like, a concerted effort. This is what we believe. We believe we're called to loving like anyone who walks in our door. We're, we're called to believe in what the Bible says and serve everyone who works in, walks in our door. Oh, how do we say something in love and serve? Complex, but let's do it. And then lastly, like I really pray that fundamentally this sermon series brings deep and profound healing. Like real healing. Every single person listening to this in some way has been hurt by sexuality in all of its forms, in all of what that means, 
We've all been hurt. Like we've all longed for connection and been, had our people turn their backs on us or, or reject us. We're all afraid of that as well. And so we all need healing. And some of us in here carry abuse. I pray that you find an immense amount of healing in this sermon series. Some of us carry so much fear because we've been told over and over and over again. And if not told, then demonstrated. Don't talk about this. Don't bring this up. Don't like entertain this in your life. It only goes to bad roads. Like, no, like we need to like expel fear from this area of our lives. I pray that we find healing. And then also like, I want to be really upfront. I know, not because I know people's particular stories, but it's just like, we are too many people for this not to be here. I, like, I know that some of us even carry like confusion around our attraction and our identity. And like, let's have a safe space for the Lord to speak to every single one of us. That God loves us. That we believe in His Word. He loves us, and He never forsakes us. In Psalm 34, 18, like He's always close to the brokenhearted. And so I pray that this sermon series brings like immense healing to all of us. It calls us to truth, and calls us to love, and mercy, and sacrifice. I'm really excited about this sermon series. And uh, I also just want to make it really clear from the get-go, before we like jump in into one of the words like... Um, I am here for pastoral counseling, but I also know my limitations, and I am here to connect anyone here to like a Christian counselor who is trained to talk people through trauma and these experiences and cycles of pain. And so, like, I'm going to make all my resources available. I'm going to let I have like a list of over 20 authors and books on this topic about Christianity and sexuality, and all that is going to be like this effort of like let's experience real healing. Let's be whole people. Let's be sexually whole people so that we can love everyone that walks in through the doors and not just like talk to anyone expecting like change right now or I'm going to leave you. And so I want to pray. I want to pray as we enter into the first word that we have in our sermon series. Um, let's, let's get into it. Let me pray with me, please. Jesus, I thank you for this day. And I thank you that you made us this way for all the pain and the sin and the darkness, the ugliness that we bring into this, Lord, you made something and you called it very good. And so help us to connect with that good, to be experience healing, to be discipled into your word, to uphold one another, to hold our integrity, to stand with truth and to love everyone powerfully. Lord, um, be with us, walk with us this whole series. We want to speak what you have given to us. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, you're welcome every time that we gather to do the work that only you can do. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today, where do we start? Right? This is our first word on the theme of sexuality. And so where in the world do we have to begin? Our MCs have been talking about this subject for about at least two weeks now. And I've like just been learning firsthand that like, oh, like we need to broaden our understanding of sexuality. We need like to make it way bigger. All of us, when we hear the word sexuality, we reduce it to one thing or a couple of things. And really this at the heart of this sermon series isn't about any one issue. 
It's about like all of it and like our identity and our being and like living with the Lord and connecting with one another about it. Like for some of us, when I say sexuality, your mind will just take you to, oh, like we're talking about having sex. So yeah, that's, a, that's in the topic and we will talk about that, but this series is not a having sex sermon series. I'm not here like a crash uh, pastor just being like, oh, like sexuality is great and let me tell you how to do it and like we have freedom and so we're going to be inappropriate about it. Like no, like this isn't just about having sex. This is our being, being a sexual being. It's not just about erotic love, though, like, erotic love is, like, a a rather small part of sexuality. But, like, many of us, that's just where our minds go. It's like, oh, this pastor is, like, starting to talk about really inappropriate things. It's like, no, like, it's about so much more. It's about being. We're talking about being, connection. Some people might, he's, oh, okay, we're just going to get a whole bunch of uh, sermons on sex before marriage and why that's not okay. And we will go there, but that's not this whole series. Some people are think, oh, like, oh, gosh, we're going to get into the same-sex attraction, same-sex marriages. We're going to get there, and we will get there. But that's not the whole series. It's about much more than that. It's not also about only gender roles and, like, socially constructed gender roles and, like, what gender in today's world means in 2022. Like, oh, that's a scary topic to even think about and, like, the trans community and all that. It's like, no, we will get into some of that, but this whole sermon series is about so much more than just any one of these topics. It's about being and connection. Today's sermon is called Sexual Beings, and it's all about this one idea. Like, this is our big idea for today, a big idea in three parts, is that you are a sexual being made to know and be known. And that God made you this way, and he calls it very good. It's very good. And then also, but because of sin, sexuality is also broken and deceptive. I'll say those again. Like, you are a sexual being made to know and be known by God and by others. It's who God has made you to be. God made you this way, and he calls it very good. Let's not call something bad that God calls good. It is good. Because of sin, sexuality is also broken and very deceptive. And so, where do we start? We're starting where Scripture starts. Like, if we want the biblical narrative, we're not going to talk about every single time sexuality comes up, and it's a lot more than any of us could have ever imagined. But we're going to start where the story starts. If we want the biblical narrative, be discipled into the biblical worldview, like, let's look at how God starts this story. And let's turn to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 31. This is the word of the Lord. This is how God starts the picture. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. 
You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Awesome. Let's, let's pray over the reading of God's word. Lord, um, bring this to life for us. Mold us and shape us to know who you have made us to be according to your word. Lord, take us by the hand and share us, to us what it means to be image bearers of yours. I thank you and I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, the first topic that we have for today is that you are a sexual being. Let me, like, I know we just read this, but let me read two. We're really interested in three verses here, three parts at least. Verse 26, 27, and then the last one, 31. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Like super interesting, like beautiful. That should give us so many opening questions. Like, oh God, like this, this is really rich. Now, if I had one of those devices from the Men in Black movies, the ones that erase your mind, like I would be very tempted to use it right now because we have to start the sermon series off of like, what does it really mean to be image bearers of the Lord, of God? And like we have put so many ideas and like right, probably most of them are really appropriate and good. But like I, I pray that we can like deconstruct this a little bit right now and build it up from the foundation. Like what does it really mean? What does Genesis 1, 26, 27, 31 tell us about what it means to be made in God's image? Like, what does that really mean? God starts his story in these verses. He's creating, right? Before anything was made that was made, God just hovered over nothing, over void, waiting for the right time to make everything that has ever been. And at some point that time came and like everything exploded into being and God started moving and creating and making all of these things. And he started making things and day after day for five days, everything at the end of the day was good and he called it good. And then on the sixth day, he like turned his attention to his most special creation, humanity. And then on this day, something very different happens. Like our one God starts to talk in funny ways. Our one God says, okay, let's make us man in our image, after our likeness. And then he makes man, male and female. It's interesting. He like starts to tell us what like being, having this image of God really means. And the only two ingredients that we know is like, it's relational, and is male and female. Like, that's interesting. That starts getting a lot, I hope that like starts getting a lot of things flowing in your mind. That we, like the story starts and he's 
doesn't even like, this isn't a textbook, right? He's not listing it line by line of what this means, but we have two ingredients now, image bearers of God. It means relationship and somehow expressed through male and female. So let's look at the first one, like the image bearer, image bearing means being relational. Our one God starts talking in the plural about making man in his image. Okay, like let's make, let's make us, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And so like the first ingredient to this image bearing is that it's relational. Are you and I are relational beings. God made us to be so. Spirituality and sexuality are relational things that push us out of ourselves to know another, to know God and to know one another. The first ingredient about being a sexual being is that it's relational. And then the second part of it here is that image bearing is expressed through male and female. And there are some parts of this that we're not going to get into today. We will at some point, not some point, but in another sermon, we will get there. So let's set aside like what we think about like gender roles, the social construction of, of gender, of like same-sex attraction and like those issues right there. And like what we really want to focus on right now for what it means to be an image bearer of God for our first Sunday in this topic is the diversity in it. Like male and female are part of both part of expressing the image of God. That both carry it together that both are needed to show what God was doing. Like this God who is spirit could have done this in any other way. We could have been amorphous blobs. We could have all been asexual beings, but like, no, he created this and he made it to paint the picture together. And somehow they communicate things about the creator together and in unison and in pairs. And this is like exceedingly special and beautiful. How God like continues to create things to relate, to not be alone, to like not one person owning being God, but like no, both male and female both express what it is to be God. Like this is beautiful for all the ladies out there. You hold part of what it means to be an image bearer of the Lord. All the men out there, you hold part of what it means to be an image bearer of the Lord. Together they communicate what it means to belong to our Creator. And both are needed. And in verse 31, both are called very good. Up until now, every day of creation thing, everything was designated to be good. Day six is special and that he calls it very good. Verse 31, look at it. It's very good what God did on this day. It's like special. And so like, let's broaden our understanding, these working definitions of spirituality and sexuality. Like, I, I believe these to be true and helpful. If you choose to like, not see the world through these, this perspective, I think that's okay. But this is like a very working, very livable way to understand what spirituality and what sexuality means in like, uh, an appropriate aligning of both. Spirituality, it can be defined like this. Um, this. These are Deborah Hirsch's words, but these are not her definitions. And she writes this, Spirituality can be described as a vast longing that drives us beyond ourselves in an attempt to connect with, to probe and, un and to understand our world. And beyond that, it is the inner compulsion to connect with the eternal other, which is God. 
Essentially, it's a longing to know and be known by God on physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual levels. This is why we are called to worship God with all that we are, body, mind, and soul. And that comes from Deuteronomy 6 and Mark 12. Like spirituality is our like, attempt to know and be known by God himself. Like spirituality is how we do this. And like you, you know people and they use that word and like, like I'm spiritual. And usually we don't like it, but like uh, viewed appropriately, anything spiritual is like trying to reach after God. Just most people use it to mean very different things. But like ultimately, we have this baked in who we are to connect with the other, with God, with Yahweh with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And so everything spiritual is knowing and being known with God. And then we're also like, because God calls us to this realm, right? Because we live all of our lives with other people. Like a good way of viewing this is that sexuality can be described as the deep desire and longing that drives us beyond ourselves in an attempt to connect with, to understand that which is other than ourselves. Essentially, it is a longing to know and be known by other people on physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual levels. It thus forms part of what it means to love others as we love ourselves from Mark 12. And so, like I said, like whenever I, people use the word sexuality, it usually gets reduced into something, into one very narrow topic. But like, let's broaden it up. Sexuality, like rightfully seen according to scripture, is this connection between people. And most of it isn't erotic or lustful, right? Like you are not attracted to every person you ever meet. But like, no, like if we're a fish, sexuality is like the water that we live in. It's the energy that we exchange with other people. It's like how we know and get to be known by other people. It's special. It's different. Fundamentally, this is what we're working off of. When we say you are a sexual being, you are made to connect to know and to be known by other people. Our, our spiritual selves are with the Lord and then like our sexual sides are like to know and get to know other people. To carry God's image is to be relational. And to know one another is to try and like know and be known by other people on all these different levels. It's what we were made for. It's like what's baked into our beings and who we are. But because we know the story continues and because if you live for five minutes, you know that like there's something very broken about what we see, we also need to talk about broken sexuality. If you're unfamiliar with the biblical story, especially how it begins, like God creates everything and he calls it good. And for a time, like Adam and Eve live together, God creates Adam and then he gives her Eve and they name all the animals and they like live in this garden with him but then like we fall and sin enters the world through Adam and Eve and we're going to start to look at where that starts to happen in Genesis chapter 3 starting in verse 6 it says so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made for themselves loincloths. 
And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Like, okay, what do we do with that story? Like, how does the story speak to what we're doing today? Like, uh, for as maybe nice of a picture of what I, we've started to talk about sexuality, right? Sexuality is connection. It's like this part of who we are that is God made to connect with one another. And that sounds like really good, but you live a couple of minutes and like you know that there's something wrong with that. Life just doesn't happen that way, right? And so like, how do we reconcile that? Like God made something good and he called it very good, but our experiences are not that it's very good, right? We hear stories of rape and abuse, manipulation, objectification, like the emptiness that this, like everything about this brings, the pain. And it doesn't feel very beautiful. It's like often very not beautiful. And it's because of this story. It's like this story helps us to know what, like why it is this way. Like sexual wholeness is not what we see and often, like, when we see people who are talking about, like, liberating sexuality, it's, like, people who are very loose and very promiscuous and, like, promoting loose living, lascivious, like, sensuality, right? And it's, like, well, I don't, like, well, I don't think that's the answer. It's, like, very clearly not the biblical answer, too. And so, like, what do we do with all of this? And I'm here to say, like, you, we are sexual beings, but because of the fall, we have this sin pattern in our sexuality. It's like what we do, how we respond, like what, what is most common in humanity, like how sin enters into all of this. And it's the cycle of fear, which causes us to hide and have secrets, and then it like buries us in shame. Fear, hiding, secrets, and then shame. And let's look at this story. This like story sets that up perfectly. Like this is the biblical worldview of what we do with sexuality when it's broken. The God tells them, he gives them this beautiful garden, he gives them jobs to do, and they're doing it. And the only thing he says is, don't eat from this one tree. And, this, and the devil comes, the serpent comes, and he like questions that, and Adam and Eve eventually eat it. And the second that they eat it, like we, like I would use the memory eraser again here because we've brought so much into this, but like in the immediate context, what happens? Their eyes are opened, and the first thing that they see is that they're naked. Okay, that's, we're getting to something. Like, why was their nakedness such a problem? Especially, they were like a married couple, right? Like, why? If, if there was any context where, like, that shouldn't have happened, it would be between a man and his wife. Why? Why did they just have this problem with being naked? It's interesting. And the first thing that they do is they hide. And they actually hide in two ways. They like look at their physical nakedness and they're like, I am so exposed. This is not okay. And they go and get fig leaves and sew them together and make clothes. They hide. They hide the parts of their bodies and the parts of their bodies that make them distinct from one another, a man and a woman. And then they also hide from the Lord, too. It's like not just between man and wife. It's like also between them and God. It says that he, they hear him walk, they hear God walking in the cool of the day in the garden and they hide. Because there was something in it, like it literally says, it's because, Adam says, it's because I'm naked. 
And it's like, oh, like, oof, this is what happens with sin in our sexuality. Like, we have to hide. It causes us to be afraid and we hide. Like, we just have to hide. Like, I cannot be this vulnerable, this exposed in front of another person physically or, like, emotionally or spiritually. Like, I can. I have to close myself off to protect myself. And that's the first ingredient that we see in sexuality. And then, like, fear comes into this. For the first time in Scripture, the word afraid, the word fear comes into God's story. They eat of the fruit, their eyes are open, they see that they're naked, and then they hear the Lord and they become afraid because they're too exposed. Like Adam says, I was afraid because I was naked. Like, oh, like, that fear causes us to hide and have secrets. And like we have all of these needs, sexuality is a fire that burns really brightly. And like when we succumb to them, like it causes us to be so afraid that we hide. And like we continue to hide. And like we can't always stop what we're doing. And so we hide more and we hide more. And then the end result is a word that isn't mentioned in this story, but is a part of the biblical worldview the whole, like the whole way through that like sexual sin brings shame. Like we're so ashamed of what we did that it causes us to continue the cycle. We hide some more because we're afraid and then we're, like, we're buried in shame. And then like that causes us to do it again because we're just like need to feel something or need to feel relief. And then like it, we just are confronted with what we've done again and it causes us to shame. And like even if we're not doing like big sexual sins, right? Like it. even between us and like our sexuality like I cannot be known by you like that is too scary I've been hurt too many times and so I'm gonna hide myself I'm gonna hide behind some fig leaves I'm gonna put on a mask and you're never gonna know the real me like like that's what we do with one another if ultimately we crave and long to know and be known by God and like on one another like the sin in our sexuality causes us to hide from one another causes us to be afraid and then we get buried in shame, and we don't know what to do. This is the story of what sin has done in our sexuality. Uh, the definition of shame, just to be clear, is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress. Like a painful feeling. It's easier to hide. It's easier to get fig leaves and cover up whatever. I can put on a mask every day of my life, but like deep down in our hearts, we know that we crave for more. And if sexuality in its essence, according to the Bible, is to know and be known because we hold God's image, like this sin like keeps us from doing that over and over and over again. It's scary to really be known by another person. It is scary. I would admit that. Like sexual wholeness is getting to a place with the Lord and with ourselves and with other people. Like, I want to be known in all the appropriate ways. I want to be known and I want to know others and I want to do it right. And we end today, like I know we're already running late, but we end today talking about God's redemptive care. Like I already said this, but I, I feel like saying it again. Sexuality is a fire that burns really brightly, and God made it that way. And in His wisdom, like He deemed it to be so, it's very easy for us all to be like, God, like, couldn't you have just like done it a different way? Couldn't you have like turned that fire down a little bit? Like, but like He, he didn't, and He called it very good. 
And so like what we're supposed to do with this is not to destroy what God made and called good, but it's like to orient it rightly, right? The way to correct abuse isn't by throwing it away, it's by like orienting it properly. And so I pray that this sermon series is like a way like, oh, okay, well, so if sexuality is so big and fundamental to our beings, like if all of like our relationship with another person can be viewed as sexual, not like erotic sexual, but like as sex, connecting and knowing and being known with one, by one another, then like how do we do this appropriately? Like I just feel like I'm hiding all the time and like this is not right. Well, like let me tell you that like God is on mission that in the person of Jesus, the healthiest sexual being that there has ever been, who was loved by men and women appropriately every day, like uh, we can step into sexual wholeness because we have a God who cares. At the end of this story, there are consequences for their sin. Adam and Eve are, are told for good reasons. I can't preach. I, like, I really wish we had more time to go there. But they're kicked out of the garden for it, like out of God's mercy to us. And the very last thing that he does with them before they leave is Genesis 3, 20 and 21. The man called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. I want to lay down something really foundationally important for us in how we approach this topic and how we navigate the complexities of sexuality. God meets us exactly where we're at. Like every other area of life, God meets us exactly where we're at. Sexuality is not this subject that you have to be right before you belong, or you have to be right before you find love, or like you have to be 100% right before you can belong to his community. God meets us exactly where we're at. Like God met them. He's like, I made this world for you, for you to be naked. Like I made you that way and it was good for you to be that way. But he knew exactly where they were at in this moment. And he like made clothing for them out of animal skin. I just like pictured God like getting on his knee, looking them straight in the eye and said, you know what? Like, yeah, I had more for you and I'll bring you back. But let me meet you right now in your hiding and in your fear and in your shame and I'll restore your dignity like I'll put some clothes on you I'll give you better clothes because I'm meeting you exactly where you're at and like from here God starts his redemptive plan to like eradicate all of sin including in our sexuality but like God meets us exactly where we're at at all times and so this sermon series we're going to explore what is deep, like what scripture says is appropriate and what it's not but like we're equally going to say that God meets us exactly where we're at. God knows exactly what's going on in your heart and in your life and in your mind. He knows and He loves you. You are an image bearer of the Lord. You long, we all long to know and be known by Him and by other people. And so like, let's let this sermon series like, speak to us of how to do that in like, the most appropriate of ways. God loves you. He will make you close. He cares about your dignity. And like he's also has made a way for us to be more whole. We will never be completely whole on this side of heaven. But like I I 
know that we have more than what we have right now. We can be whole, more whole than what is available to us right now. And so City Life and visitors are like, I really love you. And this sermon series, I pray like that we become more sexually whole, that we have better relationships, that we have all the appropriate relationship, that we like understand what scripture has to say to us, and fundamentally that we have this God who loves us, who is not shocked by any of this. And like, has not been like most of us who are like, don't talk about this, hide, like not like, nothing's too big for God. And so we're going to continue to explore this topic, like just really quick, I know we're super late, but in this sermon series, we're going to talk about Jesus and how he befriended everyone who was like, had reputations, right? Jesus was the safest person for men and for women. And somehow he always, like he found himself around like sexually impure people all the time and they were all loved by him. What does that mean for us? We're going to talk about sexuality as single unmarried people, right? We are like very much not going at this from like, okay, single people just listen because one day you'll be married. Like, absolutely not. We can be sexually satisfied and whole as single unmarried people. And like, guess what? That's like actually what Paul said is better for us. But like, we, we won't talk about all that today. We're going to talk about covenantal marriage and what sexuality within a marriage looks like. We're also going to talk about, we're going to like go to a topic that I'm sure many of us are afraid to. We're going to talk about same-sex attraction, scripture, and movement, and like how in the world do we navigate all those complex ideas and like believe what we should believe in and also like push ourselves in love and service and mercy and invitation. Like, oof, that's really rich. And then like we're going to talk about a couple of issues that like I do not want to leave this series without addressing. And so, church, like, I know as soon as we say sexuality, it, like, scares some people, and some people are afraid and have pushback. And so let me also say that, like, our MCs throughout this whole series are going to stay on this topic. And so if you need more space to process, to ask questions, or just to be in a safe environment to hear discussions about this, join an MC, email us, go to our MC webpage and fill out one of those forms, and we'll connect you for this week. Um, we want to process this as a community. And like we want to learn how to have these safe places for this so that we can help one another and learn how to talk about this in an urban area that is very complex. And so we love you all. Let me pray for us really quick. Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you that uh, you love us and that you made us to want to be connected to you and other people. Like you have put that into what it like means to be image bearers of you. Teach us how to do that. Give us freedom where we are oppressed and afraid. And we love you. We'll follow you, Lord. Thank you for putting this on the heart of this church. And um, I pray for safe, healthy environments for people to be known and to know others. We love you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. Uh, we'll see you at MC's, and we'll see you at church next week. Have a good day.